Welcome to the Lowland League Catch-Up. It's myself, Chris, and I'm joined by Derek. How are you doing, mate? I'm dealing well, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, brilliant. But uh, the band's back together because we also have Sean Spedden. How are you doing, Sean? I'm good, thanks. Uh, busy weekend, but glad to be doing this, um, as always, on a Sunday afternoon. Well, we uh, get straight into the games. There was a postponed game. It was obviously uh, Gretna 2008 versus Berwick Rangers at Raydale Park. The pitch was waterlogged, unfortunately, so uh, both Gretna and Berwick Rangers will have to wait a wee while longer for their first win in the Lone League. Uh, we picked out our match of the week last week, Sean. Uh, obviously, Derek, you weren't you weren't on the show. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since there's been three of us uh, on it, in <laughs> fairness. But uh, yeah, Edinburgh University versus uh, Vela Leaving. It was another game that um, you know both teams were desperate to to get their first uh, first three points. And it was Edinburgh Uni uh, at home at East Peffermill that uh, took the opportunity. They won three one. Uh, 24 minutes in, they were off to a flyer with Patrick Baird hitting the back of the net. And it was two goals before half-time. The 39th minute, it was Stuart McFarlane uh, making it 2-0. And the 42nd minute, it was Aidan Kemp uh, giving Edinburgh Uni a 3-0 advantage going into half-time. Uh, second half, Brad Rickson scored quite early for Vela Levin, probably around the 55th minute. Uh, it looked like Vela Levin could possibly get back into it, but Edinburgh Uni obviously done really well to to see out the win there uh 90th minute they did go down to 10 men however with daniel mcbeth uh, sent off for serious foul play uh brilliant win for edinburgh uni it was uh an early season six pointer hence why we made it our match of the week uh i was kind of critical of edinburgh uni against um east Allenshire. uh they had a few opportunities where they got through and their, their final third play was a wee bit I just thought they were missing, so it's really great that they've you know they went out and and put three past Vela Levin. Obviously, Vela Levin they're they're winless in four. It's uh, a wee bit concerning for them, I would say, especially in these head to heads uh, that are going to probably determine how the the league's going to go. To be honest, I think myself and Sean will probably come off the same hymn sheet here because you've got to be concerned about it for Vela Levin side of things. But firstly, well done Edinburgh Uni because as you said, um, they kind of flatter to deceive. But obviously we know the issues have got their waiting to bolster the squad. It's early days for them. End of September's when we can properly make an assessment, I think, on where they are. But I don't think any of us gave uni a chance in this one, did we? Really? So No. It's a really impressive result just on the face of it. And when you look at the way the match went, it seems like they deserved it. Like they had the kind of line share of a chances. Um yeah, you've just got to give them Andorian um, great credit Ando I'm sure will be concerned but I noticed he actually came on the field himself yesterday which suggests that bodies were a, a wee bit of a premium um, for leaving so it might not be what it looks like on the face of it as concerning but we had a chat in pre-season about how they bolstered their squad and hopefully would avoid this kind of thing if Ando's playing himself that suggests to me that they've still got a fair amount of lads that aren't available just now and that should be concerning, I think, especially at this point. And um, we've only just started the campaign. You'd maybe expect bodies to be kind of falling away a wee bit as December approaches. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure Chris will just want to get us behind them and get points on the board ASAP uh, after it. And uh, as I say, it's too early to judge any team, but I'd be very, very concerned, at least if I was a Vela Leaving fan just now. I think the biggest thing here is we, we said... And I think something that, that will go undisputed for the, the whole season is, you know, for these guys to get out of that relegation battle, they're going to need to play well against the teams around them at the, the foot of the table because the strength up the top is just 
is so strong. So, you know, well done to Edinburgh Uni because this is one of those games where they've, you know, three points could prove vital come the, the end of the year and they've gone out and they've they've done what needs done. And yeah, I echo what you both say, a, a bit concerning start for Vela Leaving. Still early doors, but it's not where you want to be to be sitting um, this early on, on no points. Yep, and uh, on that note, we'll go straight into University of Stirling versus Cumbernauld Colts. Uh, a great advert for the league, this one, 4-4 at Fourth Bank Stadium. Uh, it was University of Stirling that took the lead, uh, 25th minute, uh, Robbie McHale releases Jason Jarvis, who fires past the keeper. Three minutes later, it was an indirect free kick uh, in the box, worked well, it fell to Aidan Pedden, who fires high and into the net. It was uh, 2-0 Stirling Uni at half-time. Uh, the Colts came out blazing. Uh, three minutes into the second half, Craig Murray gets Colts a goal. The 65th minute, Marty Wright got the equaliser uh, to make it 2-2. And on the 72nd minute, uh, Marty Wright got his brace and puts Colts ahead in the game. He became provider uh, on the 75th minute as he set up Stephen O'Neill to make it 4-2 Colts. But uh, not to be un- outdone, uh, <laughs> Stirling Uni obviously not happy to... <laughs> To uh, lose a, a 2-0 lead, uh, they, uh, they came back into it. Skipper Angus Miller uh, made, made it 4-3 in the 81st, and it was the 89th minute. Uh, Lewis Kennedy, uh, what a finish, uh, top corner to make it 4-4. Uh, both teams had chances to win it. Uh, we do have an interview with uh, Stirling Uni gaffer Chris Geddes with uh, David Chandler. Well, Chris, for the neutral, I think that's a great advert for the Lowland League, but for the managers, perhaps not quite as satisfying. Yeah, I think the, the coaches in Cumbernauld's dressing room will be feeling like me and Mark should have lost, could have won, kind of happy with a draw. But yeah, for the neutral, it was a great game, not so much for us. First half, you got the game absolutely under your control with two good goals. Talk us through those. Yeah, listen, we, we've got brought in some players this season who are very technically good, so try and make best use of that. And Obviously, the first goal, Robbie slipped JJ in and he's blasted home. It's a really good finish. Um, the second one, Ewan Baird goes clean through, comes off the post. Uh, they give away an indirect free kick and then the boys have worked something that they've done themselves and Aidan Peen's blasted it in the top corner for 2-0 and then we've went in at half-time quite comfortable. But obviously, knowing that coming older that good a team that they could have a spell and obviously they've came out second half and we haven't performed and they upped it a little bit and we just dipped and they obviously took control at bits The big turning point arguably was their goal early in the second half and how did you feel the team yeah. reacted to that? Yeah well they've done for them great they've worked a, a corner routine a guy's spun around he's put it away great um, and then we've had a great chance to make it 3-1 and the keeper's made a decent save so you're thinking oh no but then even after that I think for the next 10 minutes or so we, we had the ball the ball was in there half a lot and then obviously they've just there's been a crazy spell of I don't know what it was I'll be honest I can't remember but they scored four goals in 25 26 minutes in the second half so obviously we were like oh my goodness what's happening here and then thankfully we've managed to get two late ones yeah a young team finds itself 4-2 down after being 2-0 up they showed character though yeah, to come definitely, back definitely obviously our average age outfield players is 19 and a bit taking away our goalkeepers who are more experienced so for to be 19 and a bit against an experienced team like uh, Cumbernauld obviously 6-7 minutes to go Angus we do some good link up in the edge comes to Gus he turns he blasts it in the top corner and then we've got 6-7-8 minutes to try and get one but then Cumbernauld Matty right up front really good player very smart he goes clean through and he should score he hits the post and then he misses from six yards so you're thinking that's a relief and then obviously uh, we've done great again some link up in the edge of the box it's fell to Louis uh, 17 year old with his bad, his, his bad foot and he whips one in the top corner for four all and then obviously both teams just seen it out so should have won should have lost take a draw but disappointed that we've dropped the points Chris thanks very much no problem 
obviously I want to thank David Chandler uh, for his interview with Chris there. Obviously both teams will kind of be disappointing to lose two goal leads basically, but uh, it seemed to me like, you know, really hungry teams. Uh, Colts remain undefeated. Uh, Sterling Uni were just coming off that, that fantastic away win against Berwick. It uh, just shows you uh, it's how competitive this league is and a massive well done to Sterling Uni. Obviously, I think the average uh, age for outfield players was uh, 19 year old. So it just shows you that there's 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 top quality in this league. Uh, fantastic game, uh, f- fantastic game for the to promote the league. A great advert for the league. No, absolutely, and I, I agree. Both sides, you know, going to be a di- bit disappointing when you score four goals that you don't take away three points, but. They've both made excellent starts to the season. University of Stirling, they they have dropped, uh, they have got a loss against them, but that was against Seville on a Tuesday night away, uh, away from home. So that was always going to be a tough fixture. And Cumbernauld Colts, they're, they're still unbeaten. and it might only be be three games in, but that's a nice bit of momentum to to get you going. Um, there are two teams that I had a, a little bit of doubt before the season started. I wasn't sure. Um, how they were going to fare with how the, the league strengthened but I think both sides have, have got to be delighted with how they've they've started off this year Yeah definitely don't really have too much to add to be honest and um, both sides as you say Chris will be upset they've not got the three points but in the grand scheme of things I think it draws a fair result for two teams that have thrown caution to the wind and just gone for it um, a little side note I did notice um, at half time the Berwick fan account the black and gold fan account saying Maybe our result against Uni wasn't actually that bad, um, which then coincided with Colts scoring four goals. So I don't know if we're talking about jinxes earlier on. I don't know if that kind of influenced it, but um, yeah, you've got to say it's a great advert for the league again. Um, Chris has done a great job again with those guys over the summer time, and they're only going to get stronger. Uh, Uni, as you said, they've got a young squad there, um, and they've got a couple more bodies to come in, no doubt, but. I'm actually quite impressed with Cumbernauld Colts early doors. I'll be honest, I didn't expect them to have those three games unbeaten, especially with the opposition. So, again, you've got to give a shout-out to them. And if they can keep that going, we were maybe a wee bit harsh on them in pre-season, saying that we didn't expect them to stay in that kind of top group of teams in the league. They might well push themselves in there. Yep, uh, and obviously you're referring to jinxes there. Uh, the reason being is because I, I messaged uh, Dell <laughs> before the Bonnie Rig Rose game. <laughs> obviously they didn't win, and then last week I messaged Swifty <laughs> before the Cumbernauld Colts game and they lost. So I, uh, I actually need to give a shout-out to Connor, um, Bonnie Rig fan who I know um, he's given me a wee... A few thoughts in the game as well. Um, but I'll run through the game first. And it started off with Bonnie Rigg taking the lead early doors. 14 minutes on the clock. Free kick for Lee Curry. Actually smashed off the crossbar. Um, McGehee was on the line just to make sure. <laughs> but um, a little bit tongue-in-cheek. The Bonnie Rigg VAR gave it <laughs> to Cuzza, uh, apparently. So I'm pretty sure McGehee will still claim it. Um, Rose won Shire now. And then... The crossbar was getting a fair rattling. Four minutes later, another free kick for Curry, and again it hit the crossbar. This time it went out rather than in. Um, but Shia managed to gather themselves, get back on uh, kind of level peg, and get an influence in the game. And they got into level terms. Thirty-seven minutes in the clock, crossing the box, and that man Mark Miller equalising, um, box to box mid, doing what he does best. But half time, from what Connor was saying, it was pretty even game. It was going to come down to who got the next goal, um, kind of who would step up and, and take it. And it ended up being Rose. Uh, so just about 15 minutes into the second half, 
quick free kick for Curry, who had a bangery a game by the sounds of things. Uh, into Brown, slotted it through to Kieran McGehee, and he laid it back to Curry, who drilled it into the net. So a great team move, a bit of a kind of set piece off the training ground, uh, so to speak. And when Shire started chasing the game at this point, 2-1, they were throwing bodies forward, they get caught, there was a counter for Bonnie Rigg. Ball's kind of bobbling about the edge of the box as they get up towards the Shire uh, goal, breaking around and basically it came over to George Hunter, who's through, put an absolute pearler over the head of Barkley, dipping rifle and drive, 3-1, and that was the end of the scoring. But from what, um, from what Connor was saying, he feels that Rose did deserve the win. He was actually a wee bit surprised by Shire, he expected a bit more for them. I think Nerves might have had a wee bit to play in it, because... This is really the first time that they've had some adversity to battle against, I think, um, since they've made all their moves. And he said that Mar Miller was the, the standout player for Shire. Jamie Bartley also looked pretty decent as well, but ultimately, Rose are a team of boys that know each other, and Shire are still very much a group of individuals getting to know each other. So that seems to have been the main difference between the sides reasonably level on the pitch in terms of talent. Um, but the team has pulled through against the the group of boys still getting to grips with each other basically Um, I must admit I was a bit surprised with this result so what were your thoughts? For for myself um, I think well yeah I agree Robbie Horn and and the guys um, for Bonnie Rigg I think they made an excellent start to to the season but this was a bit of a a surprise to me as well Um, and I think if we go back and, and we were to listen to mine and Chrissy's uh, predictions. I think there was quite a few that threw not only me and Chris off, but a lot of people off uh, that Edinburgh Uni one we've already discussed, um, and then this one again. I think we we kind of had pe- uh, Shire pegged as being perhaps a little bit too strong for Bonnie Rigg being new to the league. But I think you're spot on in what you've said that you know Bonnie Rigg, the, the a group of guys that for the most part they've been together now for. For you know more than a season, and and they know how each other ticks, and and it's it's paying off. Um, early doors here, and that wins you know put them at the top of the the Lowland League pretty early on. Um, they'll need to to show a bit of a bit of strength and a bit of consistency to stay there. We saw the same thing with Kelty last season. They came into the league and pretty early on they were at the top, um, but dropped off a little bit as the the long season drained on a bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bonnie Rigg Rose here, but no, it was a, a fantastic result for those guys. And do you know what? It's not the result Shire would have been looking for, but you know, we spoke we spoke about how everybody's going to drop points um, to, you know, one place or another uh, as the season goes on. And I suppose another thing worth pointing out is, you know, the the cracking support that turned out for, for Bonnie Rigg and Shire. I think they had over 500 at the game mm-hmm. as well, which... It's just it's another brilliant advert for the the Lowland League, but no, it sounds like a, a cracking game, and I'm I'm looking forward to the highlights coming out on uh, Shire TV hopefully later today. Yeah, not much to say that you guys haven't covered that. Yeah, probably a bit of a shock result. I expected Shire to go out and maybe try and get. We talked about revenge, obviously, because Bonnie Rigg beat them last season uh, in the cup, but. It's yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, I'm not going to be too concerned. Uh, we'll probably get into you know with the next fixture as well, but I wouldn't be too concerned. Uh, Shire getting beat this early on. I mean, Bonnie Rig and Fairness are a good team. I still don't believe they're going to go. Uh, they're doing so well at the moment. I still don't believe they're going to be in it for the title. But 
you know, look, it's a long season ahead. We've been impressed by, you know, um, going into an, <laughs> going into the next fixture a wee bit, but obviously we've been impressed by the likes of Caledonian Braves also. So uh, there'll be teams that'll take points each, off each other, and it's the same with the likes of Cumbernauld Colts uh, last week beating BSC as well. So, yeah, a long season ahead, I wouldn't be too concerned, uh, you know, as long as it doesn't become... A regular thing and you can bounce back that's that's the most important thing I think uh, at this level next game up we've got East Kilbride against the Caledonian Braves uh, this game was at K Park uh, weather took a bit of a turn for the worse at the, the beginning of the game but Braves did look to start the, the, the at least the first half hour um, particularly well East Kilbride did have their chances but um, it seemed like it was Ross McNeil the ex East Kilbride striker that who was getting the better of, of his old side playing for, for now Cali Braves. He went in at half-time 0-0. Early into the second half, though, it was a penalty for Braves, and it was that man, Ross McNeil, that was able to step up and score to make it 1-0 to the Cali Braves. Ten minutes into the second half, straight from a free kick, from about 35 yards out, it was David Sinclair who gave Cali their second goal of the match. Nine minutes after that, in the 64th minute, it was actually the home side that were able to pull one back. And the reporting from Cali that onside-offside was a little bit, it was a bit of a close call, but it was Craig Malcolm that was able to head the ball over Hogarth to pull one back to make it 2-1. Five minutes from the 90-minute mark, though, it was Jean-Guy Lucas with a great strike from the edge of the box that essentially earned Caledonian Braves a... A very well deserved 3-1 win at K Park. We also got an interview in from Ricky Waddle as well on the match. So we have a 3-1 win away to East Kilbride this afternoon. You must be delighted with that result. I'm really happy, really, really happy. We played to our potential, that was a difference today. Um, we, we moved the ball well, um, we played to our shape well, we defended situations where we, we didn't defend before as well as we did today. Um, you always we had a wee bit of luck in the game, but essentially we had, you know, really good chances to kill off the game as well. So really happy, really proud of the players, their effort, not just the start of living. I said that as a team uh, effort, as a collective, from all the staff to the, the 18 players. So good for yourself that when we were 2-1 down, East Coast were starting to come into the game and creating chances, but we had that desire to go in and get that third goal. Well, I'm shouting, you know, what about is now, you know, what's, what are you going to do now? You go a goal down, sorry, you, you lose a goal, um, makes a deficit one goal. It's a difficult situation to play in. Um, so I'm asking questions of them at that point and they answered them. Um, East Kilbride came into the game a little bit on that at that point, but I just felt we could maybe sneak another goal. Roscoe had a great chance to make it 3-1 and then um, we finally get the third yourself, just the amount of chances we did have and you spoke about Roscoe, Roscoe had numerous attempts, they were well saved by the keeper, like you must be no. looking forward, that must be keeping you no. like happy with that. Definitely, uh, I've been up here before and we've domin dominated possession of the game and we've just lacked a wee bit of nous in the two boxes, defensive and, and attacking, but I felt today we had that, I thought the three guys, the young guys at the back, you know you're talking about 18, 20 and 20 I think, 21. Um, it was the age group with the, the back lot and uh, they defended solidly. Um, brilliant for Nicky Hogarth to get a start, um, flung him in essentially and told him I believed in him um, and he came up with the goods at 2-1. Just 
So BSE next week, are we up in Oliver? Not a tough test for us, but what will we take from today? Go a tough test, it'll be a different proposition. But we take confidence for the day, that's nine points out of 12. Should have done better against Kelly, but that's football. Um, so we go, we, we said to them in there that it's about now getting better. Can we get better? Can we produce better than that? Can we perform better than that? Can we work harder at training? And it gives you the foundation to go and do that. Well done, Gaffer. Thanks. Cheers. So, thanks to Ricky Waddle and Callie Braves. You can find that interview on their Twitter as well, and that's at Callie Braves. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the third sort of shock result there that we've we've got to so far, East Cobride were uh, very, very dominant last season in general, but definitely at Cape Park. Um, it was a very difficult place to go, not just to pick up points, um, but also to just to score goals. But you know they're they've gone in there and they've done well. And and I don't know what do you guys think about Ross McNeil and the impact that he had going back to to K Park. How how much do you think that's going to have hurt? We kind of talked about it last week a wee bit. We didn't expect the result, Sean. Uh, but obviously we did know Ross McNeil was going to be a factor. We we all watched him against Kelty, and he could have had you know plenty of goals if it wasn't for a really decent defending. He's going to be up there in terms of top scorers. Chances last season at East Kilbride were a wee bit limited, but when he did play, he did get goals. He is a goal scorer. In terms of the result, I mean, there's people are going to be a bit, you know, because it's at K Park, you know, they've been beaten by a, a Caledonian Brave side. But we said, you know, going back to last week when we saw them, we were impressed by them. I wasn't expecting the result, but again, Shire, BSC, East Kilbride, teams that have lost that you expect them to be up there. It's really, really early doors. I wouldn't be too concerned given the fact that like Sakelty and Bonnie Rig and everyone else still have, you know, these, these other teams to play. So it's it's gonna be one of those things where we might look back uh, later in the season and say, like, what you know, what why did we panic about it? Because there's definitely gonna be a, you know, more there's definitely a a lot of football to be played. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a shock that they lost at K Park, but uh, not not a total shock because we know that Caledonian Braves put a, a good team together this season and they look like they'll be uh, probably higher than we expected uh, You know, at, at the start of the season, I would say. I think all three of us had our eyes open basically when we went to go and see them play Kelty, didn't we? Because um, despite the result, they were very impressive in spells and they, they were certainly better on the field than what I thought they would be. Um, but... I haven't seen that game. I don't think this result comes as big a shock as many folk have seen it. Um, Kelby obviously had a brilliant season last season, but the thing with the the league as a whole is every single team's improving at different rates, obviously, but Caledonian um, have obviously taken a massive step forward this year. Uh, when you see the highlights and you see the goals themselves, especially the third goal, they're all really well worked and good football getting played. They basically played Kelby their own game. And last season, I feel that a lot of teams went to K-Park and maybe showed a wee bit too much respect uh, to Kelby and essentially turned up hoping not to get beat too heavily. Cali don't have that about them. Cali have got a brashness that basically says, we feel like we can beat any team in this league. Like, they were still attacking Kelty. You know, it's if there's any team this season that you'd expect teams to kind of sit in, defend and hit in the counter you'd expect them to do it against Kelty, but they didn't have any of that. They still tried to play their own game and were rewarded um, with Ross McNeil getting a goal. So and you need to give Ricky a, a huge amount of credit, I think, um, for this. Don't 
be too concerned with the Kelby side of things, I would say. They've still got more than enough talent, and Malks has been there and done it. They'll bounce back. That one result won't impact them um, too heavily. But yeah, Cali Braves are certainly putting themselves in with a shout uh maybe even joining in the title chase, who knows. We've had a few shock results up to this point. Sorry to inform you that this one kind of went according to what the predictions were. Um, BSC playing host of the Star and it was a comfortable home win in the end at the end of the draw stadium. Um, so we'll start off 22 minutes on the clock and BSC had started the stronger uh, with more possession. This one was a penalty um, as Tamar went to ground in the box. As Michael said on the Twitter, it was a soft one. I'd maybe go as far as saying it wasn't a penalty, to be honest. Um, Tam kind of got the ball in the box, turned. There was a wee bit of contact, but he was losing his balance. I just don't think it was a penalty, in all honesty. But he did what he had to do. Stepped up, put the ball in past uh, Jason Statham, look like Vinnie Parker, 1-0. And then on a half-hour mark, it was two. Robbie McNabb scored. He only scores good goals. He scores one a season and it's always a belter. So 25 yards out, he cannot, was standing right in the middle of the pitch. Just one thing in his mind, slammed it into the corner, low past Parker. And right on the half-time mark, Dalbeti's star's hopes were kind of killed because this time there was no doubt about the penalty. Tamor was brought down after a beautiful flick through from Thomas Collins. Put him clean one-on-one with the keeper. And... Tam actually put it in exactly the same place, down to Parker's left-hand side. Uh, so 3 not half time. First play of the second half, BSC got the ball straight back. It broke through to Thomas Collins, who was 1-1 one one with the keeper. And very unselfishly, he actually beat the keeper, but then squared it back for Martin Green to finish. And it's actually an open goal. Um, Greg Thorburn was there, but you can't expect him to cover the whole net. Um, and Green found the corner of the net. So that was 4-0. Um, and just after the half hour mark it looked as if it was about to get quite worrying ultimately for Star that 63 in the clock ball in um, from the corner Declan Hughes and Ross Smith the big centre back volleyed an absolute peach of a goal into the roof of the net um, the big man enjoyed it because he doesn't score many so he over celebrated a wee bit um, and yeah other than that Delbiti started getting on the ball a wee bit more, but it was still BSC in the ascendancy. Ten minutes left in the clock, yet again, a third penalty. Um, and it was Tam Collins again, um, who was just... He had a brilliant game, he was man of the match. Uh, this time he was causing a nuisance to himself, flicked the ball away just before the defender could reach it. Down he went, Stonewaller. Tamor steps up and tried the exact same penalty for a third time. This time Vinnie Parker knew what was coming and saved it. So that was that. Denied a hat-trick. Uh, 5-0 full-time. No doubt this Swift team BSC will be delighted to bounce back for the Cumbernauld Colts result. For start, I was a wee bit disappointed, but at the same time, it just wasn't their day. I, I kind of feel sympathy for them because they're free. They, I think they would probably put it in more distinct terms than this, but he seemed to be favouring the home side with his decisions, shall we say. that? Um, just 50-50s were more often than not going to BSE. Um, and yeah, he just he didn't have a great game, to be honest, the ref. Um, but yeah, it's a, a great win for the, the home side and it's just what 
they need because it's Cali Braves up next. More uh, controversy there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not even controversy, to be honest. The ref just was very poor. Yeah, yeah. And it just so happened that most of the incidents, because BSC, we had most of the possession, were tackles on BSC players. But yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like one or, There were one or two very big challenges going on for Star that he completely ignored as well. But he was calling like really simple little just brushes that, even if they weren't getting appealed for it, just didn't really make much sense. Just like what you said, it's a fantastic win for BSC. It was probably expected in a, a lot of ways. But again, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Star as well because they've they've had a really hard opening few fixtures. You know, yeah. East Kilbride, Kelty, uh, well, obviously BSC as well. But it's kind of, you don't want to say it's routine, but it's you know, exactly what Swift and the, the lads would have wanted. Something like a, a big result against a WWE star would have, you know, would have went down absolutely well. And it's really great that uh, Thomas Collins is going to be a bit of a shout-out because he's, he's done well since, you know, joining uh, late last, sort of end of last season. So mm-hmm. uh, it's good to see him getting a bit of a shout-out. And, uh, yeah, great win for BSC. Good to see BSC knocking some goals in the back of the net. It's something they've done really well last season. And, Obviously, the expense of be which isn't isn't great for them, but they've gone out and done that, and I think they they needed that, especially after the result against Cumbernauld. I think they needed a game like this to just get the heads back up and yeah, do what they they did so well last season. So yeah, expected result, but a, a very good one nonetheless. Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. Basically, we'll know who Dalbeatie are when they're playing teams around the neck of the woods where they were last season. So if they're going to go and beat the likes of like Vila Leithen and Gretna and teams that they might have wanted to be last year and never quite got the results, then we'll see the, the improvement from them. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Galafera Dean Rovers versus Spartans at the Netherdale. Spartans won 2-0. It did take some effort, though. Uh, I believe Gala had probably one of the, the better chances with uh, what was described as kamikaze defending. Carswell had to be a, a bit alert for that one. Spartans Twitter uh, guy, Mark, uh, asking... <laughs> asking how the the ball was staying out to uh, to the Gala faithful as well as uh, likes of David Knox. Uh, it was a big shout for Spartan spot kick uh, as Dean Hoskins sees his header stopped by uh, one of the Gala Gala defenders on the post. Uh, looked like an arm used to control it, but uh, as Mark said, he's the, he's the one with the twitter and uh, not the whistle. Uh, so it was now now at half time, but certainly both teams had their chances. Uh, the seventy seventh minute, Spartans went down to ten men after Blair Tommy was shown his second yellow of the afternoon, and uh, it was a bit like that old cliche about playing against ten men. Sometimes it can be a bit harder because Spartans took the lead uh, six, uh, six minutes later on the the eighty third. And it was an absolute peach by uh, Nicky Reid. Uh, we've, we've often talked about Nicky Reid, obviously he's 16-year-old and he's just fantastic. And uh, Spartan sealed it with uh, Blair Atkinson. He, he wins the ball at the centre circle as the keeper, just the, the gala keeper just raced out and he pretty much done that thing you do with, you know, taking the piss <laughs> when you're playing someone at FIFA and you get right through. He kind of just oh, kind of walked it towards the net and then absolutely booted it in. So, uh, 2-0 Spartans, uh, certainly not, it didn't seem like a, a straightforward game for them. Uh, Gallo obviously doing pretty well early season as well, but uh, a wee shout out to Dean Hoskins. He looks like he's doing a lot of good stuff with Spartans. Uh, I've seen he's picked up a few Man of the Match awards. Uh, he, he looks like a, an incredible sign-in from, uh, from Bonnie Rig for Spartans. It seems like the 10-man the ten, ten thing might have helped Spartans a little bit because they were struggling a lot to, you know, to just get over the line there. And, uh, you know, it's a, a game that after the... The 82 minutes, they're both sitting nil-nil. Um, it sounds like they both had their, 
their chances. They both put up a, a good fight in the game. And I think, you know what, 0-0 probably would have been a, a fair result. Um, Gal will probably be disappointed to the, you know, the fact that, you know, for the last 20 minutes, uh, even the last 15 minutes they were playing against 10 men, they they would have been hoping to be the side that, that pinched it at the end. But obviously um, that wasn't the case. And, you know, Spartans, Spartans have done a, a really good job here picking up three points away from home. Definitely. Well, I think you just need to give credit for Spartans for seeing it right to the end, even when things were going against them there, um, especially going down to 10. But uh, I think you're right. I think Dean Hoskins is one of the signings that might not have been kind of initially picked up as much, but he's clearly hit the ground running. And when BSC were away to Spartans, I was quite impressed with him. He also took an absolute peach of a penalty as well. Um, so, yeah, he seems to hit the ground running for them. And... Obviously, left back was a position where Gary Chen was um, for them previously. So, the fact that they've managed to stitch that up so nicely will be a, a great boon to the Spartans overall. But you kind of need to feel sorry for Gal. I think this one they've obviously given this a right good go and they've played really well. And um, for all the doubts we had in pre-season and other people weren't sure about them, they've started the season really well. I think uh, you've got to give credit to them, uh, to Richie Maxwell and so on. But, yeah, um, ultimately Spartans do what they tend to do over the past few years. They've ground out the result when it looked as if they weren't going to. Um, they're keeping themselves going and Nicky Reed's just a wee prodigy, isn't he? He, he looks really good, really good. Um, if anyone gets a chance, if you go to Spartans Twitter, you'll see his goal. And it wasn't a simple one, it was a great strike. It's a peach. It's good to see Nicky get some game time uh, in the first team. We said a lot about him last season when we when we first <laughs> saw him. Quite small, you know, the old Scottish mentality, especially with coaches that, you know, oh, he's too small to make it and this, that and the next thing. But the likes of Lionel Messi uh, changed that <laughs> that sort of, you know, because it, it doesn't, This yeah, he's an incredible player uh, given, given his size and stature, but... The fact that he's 16 year old and he's playing a you know in a senior team is a testament to to the, the Spartans how they've done in the academy and obviously Blair Atkinson another one that's uh, that, that scored uh, that was a part of the academy too so yeah uh, absolutely fantastic for for Spartans there so we'll move on to Kelty versus Civil Strollers uh, at New Central Park it's our last game that we're going to cover and they won 5-0 it was uh, quite early doors again 8 minutes in uh, Nathan Austin gets in between the Civil Defenders and slots home for the opener 2 minutes later he had a chance to get a brace uh, it was a low drive just past the post but he did manage to get his brace uh, on the 14th minute he makes it 2 for himself and 2 for Kelty but he did unfortunately have to go off uh, you know, a few minutes later. The 22nd minute, he was substituted for Ross Much. I think he had an issue with his hamstring. It was quite scrappy the rest of the second half. Uh, Civil did have their chances, uh, mainly through uh, Cammy Muirhead. But nothing really too much going on. As I say, the, the ref was had his whistle in his, uh, in his mouth quite a lot. You know, ball up in the air, sort of free kicks here and there sort of thing. Uh, second half, uh, Kelty were off to a flyer again. 47th minute, it was a penalty to Kelty and Scott Linton puts it away for 3-0. Uh, 52nd minute, it was um, the civil keeper making a really good save from Stephen Husband, but Chris Dodd was there to make it four on the deflection. And uh, right at the end of the game, the, fifth, uh, the 86th minute, uh, it was good pressing from Ross March. He won the ball off the, the civil defender. He takes it forward to lay it off for Stuart Cargo, who slots home for five. 
Uh, we do have an interview with Kelly manager Barry Ferguson with Mark McCabe. Barry, I know three points to the board, but probably not the best performance this season, you say? No, I, I just had a, a chat just before the boys done their, um, just started, sorry, their, their warm down. and uh, We've played better, um, but listen, teams are going to find it. Uh, difficult when they come up against Civil, they've got a certain way of playing which is effective and we, we knew that. Um, but I've seen us play better as I said and the the happy bit for me is when I, I say that to the players they're in agreement um, because they, they've got high standards the same as myself which I've tried to install since I've come in and these boys have certainly took that on board but no look <laughs> you come away winning 5 now um, and you're still no happy um, is might sound crazy, but look, in terms of work rate and effort and commitment, the, the amount the guys put in during the game, I mean, I can, I can never question that. You, you just need to see it with your own eyes. Um, and I thought the goals we, we finished off really well. Um, dis disappointing to lose Fash with a, a hamstring, and obviously we're missing Dylan as well with a, a slight knee problem. But no, look, overall played better, but delighted to come away with the three points. You mentioned Fash there and Dylan, is there any update on the um, team skills at all? No, well, well, to be fair, Fash done the right thing and he just slightly felt his hamstring, so look, I'm not going to risk him, he's, he's a massive player for us. Um, so that, that was more precaution to bring him off and we'll just need to see how he is on, on Tuesday. Dylan, touch and go for Tuesday, but certainly should be back for, for next Saturday. And we might look to maybe try and add one or two players. Um, because we need to keep improving, that, that's the thing, we, we just kind of sit and be happy. I mean, picking up and, and playing decent football and scoring goals, we still always need to continue to try and improve and that's what, that's what we'll do. I also want to thank uh, Barry Ferguson and Mark McCabe for that interview there. Yeah, uh, there's not too much that can, can't be said about it. Uh, uh, Kelly Hearts at the moment, they're absolutely on fire. It's uh, it's quite scary how good they are. Uh, I know Barry wasn't happy uh, with some of the, the performance. He did give a wee bit of smile on his interview. Uh, I mean, they won 5 now, But it's just a testament to how high uh, Barry Ferguson's standards are. And obviously the the players are believing in it. And they're, they're just very scary. Um, there's, we talked about it against Albiti. Uh, and teams like that, sometimes it feels like it spells they're not coming out that sort of second gear and they're still winning comfortable. It's, um, yeah, they're doing really well early season. I don't know what else I can really say about it. It's just, uh, it's frightening, really. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the big takeaways from that game uh, for myself was, you know, several, it was definitely a tough game for them, but they kept pushing. There was a couple of standout guys. There was a young boy. Uh, I think they've got him in from Dunfarman that was playing at the back. Um, he had a really good game despite the, the scoreline. Um, and one of the telling things from Kelly was there's a lot of big names in there and, and Fash is one of the, the bigger names to see how the you know the fact that they were able to react and still score another another three after he went off after 20 minutes um, I think was a testament to just how good the, the team's gelling early on um, in the season. But... Yeah, there's, there's not a great deal to say. It was a fairly dominating win. I wouldn't take too much away from Civil, though, because, you know what, they, they still caused issues at points for, for Kelty, and they, they kept pushing throughout the game as well, which was is always good to see. Must be, to be honest, I didn't really expect the final scoreline here. Um, so it's a bit of an eye-opener that way, but 
I've seen Kelty. They're obviously looking uh, to win this league. They were very impressive. I've seen them before, so it's not altogether a surprise um, that they've managed to stick five past strollers and, and march on. I wouldn't be doing my job properly, though, if I didn't throw a wee question or two up. Um, I have been asked this, so I'll kind of throw them to you two as well. Is there a danger, do you think, of uh, Kelty getting a wee bit overconfident given one or two injuries could change things? Well, I can't say not really because we're still... I mean, again, we're still early in the season. It's a good question because it, it will be tougher, especially when there's going to be injuries and suspensions, but lost Dylan Easton quite early. Uh, he'll be back soon, but they've been playing really well without him. Uh, Fash might, you know, be out, sat out a couple of games and, you know, they scored three without him. Uh, Ross Philp was up, up front uh, and he'd done a fantastic job. He could have had a couple against civil service uh, if it wasn't for the keeper. Eh? They, having spoke to the boys and the gaffer, uh, they're, they're taking it one game at a time. So I don't think they're looking too far ahead. I don't think they're really interested in other teams basically I think they're they're keeping their their feet on the ground uh, at the moment and it seems to be working because they're just you know as I said uh, they're, they're frightening at the moment I think the the, the football they're playing is really really good uh, and they're and they're up against some good teams obviously we mentioned Caledonian Braves how how impressed uh, we were with them they, you know uh, Kelly beat them 4-1 and then civil service strollers again another team that are going to be up there uh, towards the end of the season, uh, in my opinion, and you know they beat them five 0 so it's uh, it's looking good. I think they're just taking it one game at a time, and I don't believe there's going to be an issue over confidence at the moment because you know Fergie's keeping the boys' feet on the ground and saying, "Look, these guys are doing well," but he, the demands and the expectations and, and the standard guys are playing into that basically. Yeah, it was really interesting that you said Ferguson was still upset with a few things despite the results. So clearly he's get one eye on that, just trying to keep feet in the ground and saying, right, don't expect the job to be done till it's done kind of thing. So, if anything, that seems like pretty good management, I'd suggest. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, spoken to him a few times. He's overly demanding, uh, but, you know, he's a winner. We know what he's done in his, his playing career, and it obviously works because we can see it in the results that Kelly are getting uh, early doors, and people say, obviously, they've, they've got fantastic players there, uh, but there's other teams with fantastic players as well, and and uh, again, it's a long season, though, Moza. We'll have to wait and see uh, what happens with uh, with Kelly and, and other teams, also. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, getting into the fixtures this week, uh, we start off on Tuesday, Annan Athletic versus Kelly Hearts. Uh, Kelly Hearts was the only team that got through the to the second round of the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Challenge Cup. God, that's a mouthful. Uh, it's at Gallic, uh, Gallabank, uh down in Annan, obviously. Uh, we kind of, when we spoke about it, Sean, we kind of weren't expecting too many Lowland League teams to get through. We know how good the Colt sides are, uh, but I, I don't know. The way Kelly are playing at the moment, I think it certainly should be a, an interesting game uh, to see how they do up against a, a league side. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that was something that, that we spoke about, and we've obviously, um, and we're not we're not really going to get into reviewing the, all the fixtures from um, the Cup and the the midweek, but when you do go back and look at something that stuck out to me was how well the Highland teams did, which hasn't really been touched on. Yeah, you're right. In the Lowland League, it was it was only Kelly that were able to progress. Although it seems like a few of the teams did put up a, a good fight. As for this fixture itself, um, it's going to be a very tough one. I mean, Annan they scored 
more goals than anybody else in, in League Two last season, so they're they're more more than capable of doing it and with it being down at Gala Bank, um do you know what I don't I don't think Kelly are gonna face a or they haven't faced a tougher test up until now. Um for for Kelly, I think if he can go down there, Kelly have got the ability to score goals and you know they've got a strong back four there. If they can go down there, they could potentially pinch something. But I think, yeah, Annan are, are a very good uh, League Two side and they've made a decent start to their league campaign as well. So see it being a draw and, and it going to penalties and then it's, it's anybody's game after that. To be fair, I think we need to put it in context with the... <laughs> the chocolate biscuit cup, I guess we'll call it, um, as uh, as Michael's christened it. When you say a lot of Ireland sides did well, and they did. I think when you look at the lineups for a few of the lone sides, they used it as a chance to experiment and give guys a chance. So, not everyone put a full strength first team uh, lineup out. I think Celtic are slightly different. I think Celtic are taking this competition very seriously as a chance to say this is how good we are. This is a yardstick. And they would like nothing better than to go and beat Annan, would they? Let's be honest, because that suddenly puts a shout-out to all the teams above in League 2 and so on, going, we are not to be messed with. We want to win the league, we want to come up, basically. So I'd expect them to go very kind of strong, um, given that after this round, it's all in. Uh, everyone else joins after this, so could easily get a nice plum tie against... Um, a team with a decent crowd, a Falkirk or so, and get a bit of money in the bank. But, yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of support out there, given that they're now flying the flag for the league. Um, good luck to them. And I actually fancy Kelly to beat Annan, to be honest. Yeah, we'll get into the Lowland League fixtures on Saturday. There's only three of them uh, because of cup games. Uh, we'll start with Bonnie Rig Rose versus Dalbeaty Star at New Dundas Park. Uh, it doesn't get easier for uh, Dalbeaty Star. They've had a... <laughs> Out of the teams, you know, towards the bottom, uh, they've not really had uh, the easiest of starts, uh, but they'll be happy, obviously, to get these teams out of the way, I guess. Uh, Bonnie Rig Rose, I would expect them to win it. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. see Dalby pulling off too much. It's, uh, yeah, Bonnie Rig Rose at home are, are obviously, you know, they're just coming off that fantastic win against Shire. I, I don't see Dalby Star being. Uh, too problematic for them, uh, especially at home. Bonnie Rigg, it should be a comfortable win at home. It's how they, they see out this game, what their objective is, if they want to go out there and see if they can bang some goals in, or if it, you know they're just looking to have a disciplined game where they can get the three points, that'll be interesting to see. But And for Dalbiti, yeah, I agree they'll be happy to see these out. Uh, but likewise, I think they're still going to come out with a bit of fight. And do you know what? You know, There's always a chance to and upsetting the, the Lowland League so but I would I'd definitely give the edge to Bonnie Rig Rose on this one yeah I think stick three is up for a home one um, for this one um, not that Dalbeaty were particularly disappointed when I saw them just with the way Bonnie Rig have started I think you've got to give the the kind of the benefit of the doubt to them that they'll go and stick a couple of goals in and win that game yep uh, the next couple are it's going to be tough to choose a match of the week I think but uh, certainly BSC Glasgow versus Caledonian Braves at the Indodrill Stadium. This will be a, a a big test for both teams, I think. It's going to be, we've, we've kind of touched on it a wee bit, Derek, but this is uh, going to be a, a, a yardstick for both teams to see where they are because Caledonian Braves have impressed us. We probably weren't expecting them to be as good as they have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, coming off that fantastic result, uh, the win against the champions, he's called Bride. I think they would fancy it against BSC, and, and obviously BSC Glasgow, they, they'll not want another loss, um, you know, like they had against the Colts. This is, this could be a, 
a very interesting fixture early doors for for the Lowland League. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think, especially, we'll get on to the next game as well, but this game and the next game, for any neutrals that are around, get yourselves along to one of them, because both of them look really tasty eh, on paper. I think no result will be a shock in this one. BSC obviously coming off a great result. Same for Cali Braves. Both teams more than capable of sticking the ball in the net. You've got McNeil on one side, Tamor on the other. Um, pro- both sides get similar strengths, actually. Really decent midfield as well and solid in defence. I-, I can't really call it, so I'm going to just t- sit in the fence and say a draw, I think. Um, but honestly, no result in this game would surprise me. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I think uh, a draw would be a fair fair result. I think if if one side does win it, I can see it being a, a late win and only by a goal um, towards the end. But that could go either way. It just depends sometimes how it how it falls on the day. Um, and I totally agree. They've both got very similar strengths. Um, they've they've had similar results so far this season. They've they've both been impressive. Eh? I, I think this is a, a cracking game um, for next Saturday. And uh, moving on to our uh, final Lowland League game, <laughs> Cumbernauld Colts versus uh, Kelly Hearts at Broadwood Stadium. Uh, both undefeated. Uh, interesting to know. Obviously. Marty Wright's getting a lot of the goals. It seems like Colts are, you know, they've made a, a fantastic start to the league campaign. Uh, I don't know uh, how, to, how to put this because obviously Cumbernauld Colts did beat them at Broadwood last season. So I'd probably give the advantage to Kelly because they're playing so well at the moment. Uh, but I don't know, I think it'll be a bit closer than than a few of the other games. Uh, Kelly should uh, win this, I think, last season. Uh, like you say, uh, Broadwood... Um, Cumbernauld were able to, to take all three points and even back at New Central Park at the end of the season it took a very late winner for Kelly to to, to steal the spoils in that one um, I think it'll be a, a tougher challenge than, than some of them we've seen so far we were talking a little bit earlier on about Kelly and if we you know we had that question about whether um, they might get a bit overconfident I think at some point in the season they are going to see some more challenging matches and that's where we're going to we're going to find out just how good this team is because they're they're doing really well when they're you know knocking in five or eight goals. Um, it's those games where they're really going to have to fight a win or potentially even go down, which they've not experienced yet. This will be a, a challenging, challenging game for them. And Cumbernauld, that they're strong enough to go out there and and do something against Kelty as well. But I'd give edge to Kelty on this one as well. I can't be boring and make sure that we agree on every single game, so I'll stick for the draw. <laughs> and this one just to be different. Um, genuinely, though, it wouldn't surprise me to see Colts give Kelty a more of a game than they've had so far. Um, especially given that Kelty's got that big trip midweek as well, bear in mind, um, to Annan. So, this is how uh, Cumbernauld got the result against BSE. Um, they took advantage of a team that were a wee bit jaded for a midweek game and did what they had to do and got the three points. So don't be surprised to see the Colts maybe not get a draw, but at least keep this much closer than other games Kelty have had at the start of the season. Um, but yeah, it's another one that I'll be watching with great interest. Yeah, I I didn't mention the fact that they played you know midweek because obviously they've done it this week as well, or last week, Moza, and they <laughs> still pulled out a 5-0 one against Strollers, so I don't know how much it'll affect them. The boys, uh, the Kelly boys, you know, I think they're incredibly fit. So, uh, But yeah, you're, you could be right. I mean, you know, we mentioned that there was close games last season between these two teams. I do... I agree with you both, and and I think it will be a closer test uh, than Kelly have had, especially at the 
We mentioned obviously the bigger pitch uh, last season in Broadwood. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting one. Uh, certainly up there in terms of uh, games, uh, early doors anyway. But we'll get into the Football Nation Qualifying Cup first round. To start off, we have Berwick Rangers, who obviously didn't play this week uh, due to the postponement. They're up against Spartans uh, at uh, Shieldfield Park. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I can't see them getting much joy. I think Spartans will beat them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that was a um, detailed summation now, wasn't it? <laughs> no, to be fair, I think I would give Spartans more of the kind of favourite tag in this one. The thing with the Football Nation Cup, you don't know exactly how every team's going to line up in it, but you know Spartans take it ultimately seriously and they've done well in that competition in the past few years. So, yeah, let's... Let's stick for the Spartans winning that one, I think. Yeah, I don't think it gets any better for, for Berwick Rangers um, here. And I think Spartans are just the, the, stronger, the, the stronger side at the moment. Um, their head's in a better place. Uh, and like you say, they this is a cup that they, they quite like. And although they're on the road, I think Spartans will, will pick up pick up the win and progress to the second round quite uh, easily here. Yep, uh, they quite like it because they won it last season, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, University of Stirling versus Blackburn United. I quite like Blackburn United. They're a really good sort of community club. Uh, obviously, David Severs is uh, you know a part of Blackburn who does the attendances for uh, the East of Scotland, South of Scotland, uh, Lone League, Highland League, and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just think University of Stirling at home. I think they'll they'll probably grab the win against Blackburn. Yeah, I mean, I saw Blackburn play East Stirlingshire in pre-season, and um, they've got a goal threat there. Um, so. They're a decent side, but I do fancy Unity be the the, the team who goes through that particular tie. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's only fair that any time a good kind of club like that that isn't a lone club comes up in the cup draw, we give them credit where it's due, and they're a great wee community club. Yeah, full house again. Uh, University of Stirling have, have made a, a really strong start to their, their season. Um, Blackburn United, really good side, but I think the, the fixture will prove a bit too too strong at this point in the season for them. Civil Service Strollers versus Dunny Pace. We went to Dunny Pace a few times last season, uh, Sean. Probably expect Civil Service Strollers to bounce back from that, that defeat against Kelly. Dunny Pace, you never know. That's the good thing about the cup competition is you never really know because uh, I think they'll certainly be up, up for it against uh, uh, Strollers at uh, Christie Gillis Park, but I would I would expect a home win again uh, for, for Strollers. Uh, yeah, um, totally agree again. Uh, strollers are just going to be a bit bit too strong and they're probably going to be playing with a wee bit of you know a wee bit of frustration after the way that their fixture on Saturday panned out Donny Pace went there last season in a very smart out- outfit but Civil Service Strollers they're, they're just a I think they're just a step ahead they're a, they're a good side for the Lone League as well um, and playing at home I think they should they should be able to pick up the win here Full house um Again, Dunny Pace, as you guys have said, they're a club that are doing all the right things off the pitch. Um, great wee facility. One, another one of these ex-junior teams that have jumped over, but on the pitch, I still think that strollers will be too strong for them, and I expect a couple of goals, to be honest, for Gary Jordan's so. side. Uh, harder one to call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Edinburgh Uni versus Vale Oliven. I think we've covered this before, but... <laughs> Um, well, since uh, they beat them in the league on the weekend, uh, I'm going to give it to Edinburgh Uni. I'm going to have to make them favourites. Uh, but uh, they'll leave, and I think Ando want the boys to go out and, and get a bit of pride there uh, from that defeat. It could be a, a revenge thing in the cup there. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, 
3-1 Edinburgh Uni. That's my prediction. Uh, no, an Edinburgh Uni win, though. Um, obviously, we've just seen them go out and, and be able to uh, pick up the, the W against Vale lead, and I think they'll, they'll do it again here. It'll be interesting to see how the, the two sides take this on, because they're going to be, you know, especially at this point in the season, with how it's, it's panned out early on, they're going to be very focused on the league, and it'll be interesting to see how they... How they take on this this competition? I don't think any team's not going to take you know the cup seriously, but yeah, they're going to have one eye on the league um, at this point in the season already. So it'll be an interesting one. But yeah, you've got to give Edinburgh Uni the the edge. Just purely based on what's happened last weekend, and um, obviously maybe a different story depending on who's available and ultimately who is in the first eleven. But I think you need to give Uni the credit after last weekend and see if they can make it a double. Grena 2008 versus Socky Juniors. This is a harder one to call because both teams have not really started well uh, in their leagues. It's going to be hard. I think uh, Chris Humphreys obviously had a difficult start with Gretna, but Socky are obviously struggling in the east of Scotland uh, to begin with, uh, certainly. So I think uh, both teams will use this as a bit of a, a proven point, I think, uh, to see to, to try and obviously go out and, and uh, you know, maybe... Maybe get some a, a bit of league pride or or uh, or something like that, and uh, obviously they want to get through to the next round of the cup as well. I would uh, I would give the edge to to Gretton on this one. I think they'll be looking at Socky. They're you know a good outfit, but they've struggled a little bit just like they have, and you know they they do they need a, a win to just lift their heads because they've not had the best start, and this is a good a really good opportunity for them to do that. They've got a wee break from the league. And I, yeah, I think uh, they'll go out there and they'll just want to have a, a good game, I think, and, and lift the heads up a bit. I'll be honest, this could go either way. I've got no idea kind of how it's going to go, but one of these teams will get a nice bounce um, after having a tough start. You'd like to think that Gretna being a home team in a higher league would push for it and be the side kind of to, to make the running, but who knows, Sokier, um where they are on merit. So it's an interesting one. Um, could go either way. Yep, uh, and our final fixture of the first round anyway, uh, East House's Lily versus uh, East Kilbride. Uh, East House's are at home. Kilby kind of struggled a wee bit in some of the cup competitions uh, last season. I think they went out the majority of the time to East of Scotland competition. Uh, I don't see them going out to East uh, House's Lily though in this in the first round. I think East Kilbride will be um, reeling from that, that defeat. Uh, the weekend against Caledonian Braves and they'll want to go out and uh, uh, punish <laughs> one of the teams and I think it might just be East Houses. I think they'll be a wee bit nervous because uh, Lally are coming off a tough um, first round of the Scottish Cup qualifying um, where they got a bit of a tanking at the weekend. So the one thing you don't want to see in the fixture list after that is East Kilbride coming to your place. Let's be honest. I fancy Kelby to win that and score a fair few goals, to be honest. You're right. There was some surprise results where... East Kilbride in the cup last season, but I think they'll. They, you've got to to give them the the advantage. They're just they're such a big side that they should be able to go out there and and get the the win. And our final fixture is the Football Nations Qualifying Cup second round. Uh, not to be too confusing, it's uh, Galaferradine Rovers versus Tranent Juniors. Uh, I think Gal have been very impressive uh, to begin with. Obviously, a late loss to Spartans, uh, but Tranent aren't. You know they're not a bad team either, but I would probably home advantage at the other day. I'd give it to Gala, I would say. Yeah, again, it's really tough to call. Tranent have got goals in them. That's one thing you can tell for their games I've had, especially the Whitehall Welfare game. 
uh, early doors. It was a, a bit of a 4-4 goal fest. But I think you've got to side with Gala being a home team. They're, they're a tough team to play against in the other day. At the best of times, I fancy them to get through. Yeah, I think so. I think if you were to flip this on its head and put Gala away from home, it would be a bit tougher to call. But Netherdale, it's a tough tough place to go. And I think it should be a, a good weekend in the, the Cup for the Lowlands League sides. Uh, Gala should win this one. Brian, we'll move on to plugs. I'll let you go first, as always, Derek. Yeah, um, keep it nice and simple, as always. At Moza Plays on Twitter, and you'll find me wherever else from there. Uh, on to you, Sean. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Spedding Sean and you can also find the Lowland League catch-up on Facebook just under that title Lowland League catch-up uh, I'm at Rampin FM on Twitter and you can obviously get the catch-up at official catch-up on Twitter also all three of us back in action <laughs> it's been a while uh, we obviously want to thank everyone for their support we want to thank everyone for the, the interviews uh, the league uh, support's fantastic people like George Fraser uh, we appreciate everyone that listens uh, yeah, if, if you guys have questions, obviously, you get us through Facebook, Twitter, uh, either to me, Derek, or Sean. Uh, we're obviously happy to uh, answer anything or give our opinion on anything. Yep, uh, we will see you next week. See you next week. Catch you later.